Hi, I'm Johanna Weaver, and you're listening to Tech Mirror, a podcast that talks about how humans shape technology and how technology is shaping our society. Hello, and welcome to this special International Women's Day episode of Tech Mirror. The theme of International Women's Day this year is cracking the code, innovation for a gender equal future. We know that technology and innovation can and is delivering amazing development and equity outcomes for women and girls. But we also know that if technology is not thoughtfully designed, it can also exacerbate and entrench discrimination and bias. One way that we can ensure that technology is a force for good is to encourage greater diversity in the people that are making and regulating technology. I am a true believer in the saying that you can't be it if you can't see it. So last week, I was in India for the Rizina conference. And in the margins of that conference, over many, many cups of delicious masala chai, I spoke to a number of leading women in tech policy. Now, I have to say in a couple of places in this episode, the sound is a bit scratchy and I'm really sorry for that. I'm still refining my roving mic technique, but we've included everything that they had to say because there's so much gold in what they had to share. I asked these women, what is the best piece of career advice that they had been given? And what is something that they know now that they would like to tell their younger self? We've interspersed their responses with some facts on gender diversity and inclusion that were compiled by UN Women. We hope you enjoy this episode and happy International Women's Day. My name is uh, Dunia Bohambuz. I'm the founder of uh, RoboKids Academy, an e-learning platform to teach uh, kids about coding, robotics, artificial intelligence. Could you tell us a little bit about your journey, how you, because it's such an inspiring story, how you came to be a founder of a startup in Algeria? <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about my, my journey. My career started 23 years ago. And I started in a telecom company. Uh, I started at the bottom of the organization and then uh, I was ambitious. I am ambitious. So I climbed the ladder. I end up in the senior management uh, position uh, as a strategy uh, director at uh, Uridu uh, mobile operator in Algeria, which is part of a global uh, multinational uh, company operating in more than 14 countries. I learned a lot uh, in this uh, in this position and uh, I, I enjoyed very much the, the, the job I was I was doing. But at some point, after 18 years in telecom, I wanted to try something else. I, I needed a new challenge. The, the job I was uh, occupying couldn't give me that at this moment. So I decided to go out of my comfort uh, zone. It was a very difficult decision. Maybe it was the most difficult decision I had to take in my career. So I decided to found my own uh, startup 
and I didn't get a lot of support from my personal network, like my parents, uh, brother, sister, friends. Everyone was telling me, are you crazy? Don't quit this job. It's a dream job. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I took a week alone at home because this is a difficult decision. And then I, I resigned and I started my company two years ago. It's going very well. I'm very happy that I took this decision at this moment. It's such an example of being brave and, and bold and, and taking those risks and having the rewards. What advice would you give to other women who are considering making that change or who are considering a career in technology? And also maybe what advice would you give to your younger self when you were at the bottom of the ladder? I would tell the, the younger dunya and all the, the young <laughs> ladies maybe listening to this uh, podcast to believe in their selves uh, because no one can tell you you can't do this or you can do it. You are the one who decide on your future. Don't put a limit uh, on yourself. Don't let people put limits on you. Uh, the only limit that you could have is uh, the limit you put in your head. So uh, be confident, you can do it. It is feasible. So live your dreams, you, you will have only this life. So uh, live it fully. I can tell you the journey is amazing. <laughs> Did you know that when computer science degrees were first offered in the late 1960s, the gender mix was about equal? But now, women only make up 21% of tertiary graduates with STEM-related degrees in Australia. My name is Penny Bush. I lead policy and government engagement for a big American fintech called Stripe. Across the Asia-Pacific, I'm part of the Asia-Pacific leadership team. In terms of empowering women and transforming women's lives, I think access to digital financial services has been an absolute game changer. It is interesting in emerging economies all the way across the Asia-Pacific, from India to Indonesia, and more broadly, of course, that women are systematically less likely to be integrated, as we all know, in the formal financial services sector. But digital applications have allowed women to, first of all, enter more easily because of the availability of access beyond traditional banks. So through companies like Stripe in the fintech sector, through mobile money, and um, actually through microfinance organizations who offer digital solutions. And we've seen a fascinating thing happen in India, for example, with the emergence, particularly among women, women entrepreneurs, what we call micro multinationals. And it is so exciting. So I'm just going to stop there and say, not surprisingly, the digital technology, I think, that has profoundly changed the opportunity for women and improved women's lives, helped with poverty alleviation, helped with, um, quite frankly, better levels of connection, higher income levels, higher education levels, is digital financial services. The best advice that I was ever given was by this absolutely remarkable woman leader in McKinsey. And she said, stop defining yourself as your day job. 
define yourself by your passion and your impact. So every day you get out of bed and make your way in the world as a leader, think about not, you know, what is my job title, but how am I going to transform the world and what do I want to do? And that is actually going to redefine you as a person, as a leader, in ways that are kind of unimaginable if you kind of focus on the nine to five and on building your career in a really linear way. And for me, that was incredible. And people often ask, you know, they look at my career and say, but you've done so many different things. You've worked across sectors, you do this, you sit on boards, you volunteer. And at the end of the day, I always say the core of me is the same. It's just, I show up to my passion in different ways. The piece of advice I would give to my younger self and to many listening here is, while it might sound tough, work-life balance is always going to be a bit of a challenge. And I think at the end of the day, the way to be successful is understand that as senior women, we all face different trade-offs. And we can have it all, but at the end of the day, you've got to be really clear that there are some tough decisions to be made and then actually live with and own your decisions that you make. And also we can have it all, but maybe it's not always all at the same time. Not always all at the same time and not always all on the terms that you might hope for, which comes to the third point. So great. Three answers. (laughs) No, it's perfect. Which is actually at the end of the day, resilience really matters. Again, is it's a life lesson, but as we think about celebrating International Women's Day, we have so far yet to go, but resilience is really important. And passion and bringing every day to what you do, a sense of wanting it to be better. Did you know that globally, women only hold two in every 10 science, engineering, and information and communication technology jobs? Two in 10. Well, my name is Yusta Kaitesi, and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Vanda Governance Board. So what are the issues that you're focusing on at the moment? Well, I think uh, from a perspective of gender, I, I will mention a few priorities. First is, of course, participation and inclusion. Uh, Women need to participate at all decision-making levels. The Constitution of the Republic of Rwanda has given them that right. At least 30% of decision-making should be for women. So participation and inclusion is key. Um, Of course, as we enter this digital era, as we exploit the digital era, it's important that women have access to smartphones in a bid to enjoy the benefits that that comes with. There is also the digital financial inclusion, which is core, which enables women to access financial resources with minimum uh, inputs, I guess, uh, in terms of time, in terms of space, and in terms of really capacity building. And the third is women in, in, in STEM subjects. Mm. So uh, science, technology, and mathematical studies are core as we move ahead in the digital era. And therefore, it's very core that we encourage young women to exploit that. So Mm -hmm. I should, as an advice, say that women should position themselves 
into the actual challenges to be part of the solution. The actual challenges are the presence of women in decision-making organs and decision-making spaces, mm. but also the technical aspects that women need to deliver uh, services and receive services in this regard. That is so powerful. And if there are women who are looking to engage in this field and to position themselves in places where decisions are being made or where the technology is being designed, what advice would you offer them? Um, or perhaps what advice would you like to have given to yourself 10 years ago? Well, a few things. First is you must be at the table. You know, my president often says, if you're not at the table, you are the menu. So <laughs> like women should be at the table yeah. engaging with the menu, not them being at the menu on the table. Whether you want to say it or you fear to say it, be at the table, gather the energy, say it. It doesn't matter how you say it, but make your voice heard. That's very important. And secondly, I think it's core that the limitations that have been imposed on women are not born. Mm. So society has given the advantage to men to face new challenges, to enjoy innovations. So while it's important that governments, private sector should fairly invest in women to access this, women should be also ready to take up these challenges. So take up the challenges, it's doable. Did you know that the gender digital gap has barely improved since 2011? Globally, there are around 250 million fewer women online than men. And women's exclusion from the digital world has shaved $1 trillion from the GDP of low and middle income countries in the last decade. And it's estimated that this will grow to 1.5 trillion by 2025 without action. I'm Rebecca Razavi and I work at LinkedIn and I head LinkedIn's public policy and economic graph work for the Asia Pacific. Thank you, Rebecca. And could you tell us perhaps about some examples of how you've seen technology um, facilitating us to have more gender inclusion or gender equality um, in the context of International Women's Day? Well, tech has that huge opportunity to create a much more inclusive environment and opportunities for women. It doesn't always play out that way, but I've seen some fantastic examples. Just thinking about LinkedIn and trying to really create a more equitable world of work for women. How do you remove some of that bias that can be there, for example, in um, job selection? So LinkedIn's look really carefully about how do you surface for recruiters that equitable pool of candidates and really thinking about what you measure. So the same for when you're thinking about your workforce and how you look at gender and progression for women. But of course, you know, we're really consciously aware of the fact that as a platform as well for really creating a trusted space, it can be much more difficult for women. And there are lots of safety issues for women in, in operating online. And we know that on our own platform, we try and put in measures, particularly to stop things like unwanted advances. And it's super important to think about the user and designing safety in so that you're understanding what the experience is. And for us, that's for all members and trying to make it inclusive for women is taking extra steps there that, so that reporting and things like that can happen easily. 
probably advise my old self or advise someone I was talking to about thinking about a career in tech um, to not rule anything out. You know, my own backgrounds come from government um, into the private sector. Women have a tendency sometimes to rule out possibilities. And there's been a lack of role models. So I think it's super important to try and find those examples of where you'd like to be and don't be afraid to go and ask for help and make that connection. Did you know that globally 24% of women have reduced their internet usage as a result of abusive content online? Hi, my name is Mihoko Matsubara. I'm a Chief Cybersecurity Strategist at NTT Corporation. I'm responsible for cybersecurity store leadership activities uh, in a global manner. What's some advice that you've been given in your career that you've found to be particularly incisive advice or maybe something that you know now that you wish that you could tell yourself 10 years ago? Two pieces of advice. One is to ask good questions and second one is to find the right balance between uh, being pushy, being confident, but also being respectful. (laughs) So for my first advice... So if you are young and if you just are starting your career or starting a new academic degree, you don't have many opportunities to be a main speaker or panelist, but it's not the end of the story. You still can invite yourself to a lot of different online events and conferences sitting in the back. But during the Q&A sessions, it's your turn to ask a really, really good questions. Then people will remember you and they're trying to, to catch you afterwards. Like, who are you? And who are you working on? And then maybe it can lead to another career opportunities or maybe then inviting to another conference. And my second advice, uh, because People, if you're in a young age, you feel intimidated, but if you sound like authentic and also down to earth, you have to be confident because if you're gonna feel um, inconfident about what you are saying, people will not listen to you. So that is why uh, finding a right balance between being pushy, but being also confident, but you also have to be mindful about the space the other people have and the the time they have because everybody is busy. Thank you, Miho. That's some fabulous words of advice. Really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you so much. Did you know that women-led startups received just 2.3% of venture capital funding in 2020? I'm Neira, so I'm the president of WimTech, Mediterranean Women Tech Entrepreneurs. It's a freshly new initiative. Like uh, also a secretary general of uh, Women in AI, a global network. The advice that I can give uh, today to the younger generation is to say, speak, like share. Yeah. Uh, because for me, the information and the light come from discussions, from sharing with others. Yeah. And you can deconstruct your ideas, deconstruct your fears, deconstruct your the obstacles by speaking with people and with everyone. Yeah. You can speak with everyone around you. So go out, speak, 
find the, the, the support because the support exists even if in this world you have organization, you have small NGOs, like a bigger one, you have maybe in schools some clubs that can help you. You might find one person that puts you in the right path. Yeah. And this person exists, so speak, open up. Don't be afraid of asking questions, of sharing your, your thought, and you will find your way. And be, and embrace your way, embrace your voice, and just uh, stand up for yourself and own your own stories. Even if you're starting, uh, you are in the starting match, you know, in the starting point. And um, me, the advice, I think it's linked to this, it's to say that I've been through, even if I'm, I'm 30 years old now. I've been through kind of a hard, difficult moment as a woman. In the corporate world, I had to face harassment. I had to face all this uh, judgment about, no, you're a woman, you're not supposed to work in the tech world and doing mathematical studies. Role models exist. These examples exist. I have love having someone to tell me, speak with me. Or I can show you someone, or I can present you to someone. Like, don't be afraid. Because also, it's an important thing for me with the role model. I do believe, like, absolutely believe, that we are all role models. Yes. At every minute. I mean, role models is not only experts or people being president of, I don't know what, or head of... Uh, role models can come from the discussion that you have with this uh, woman uh, owner of the small shop next to your place. Yeah. Can be with this teacher, can be it's like with everyone that you meet. So you have to be aware. We're, I'm, I'm trying to be aware of that, of, being, of having this responsibility to share and to ensure a safe place for chatting and for... for, for for sharing my views. So yeah, find these safe places and open up uh, your heart, open up your voice and stand up for yourself. And even if sometimes it can be difficult, you will find people who will help you. Yeah, that is so, such inspiring advice. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Yeah. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Did you know that innovations from a team that includes at least one women are proven to be more economically valuable and have a higher impact than those with only men involved? I'm Kaya Ziglich, I lead the digital diplomacy team at Microsoft, which is a team that works on cybersecurity norms, international law, and cybersecurity in the international security context. So I think I'm, I've been very impressed with how technology has helped when, women, girls around the world in, in different innovative ways. I think the most obvious one is increased access to education, um, increased access to finance, and just growing their independence that way. Um, I would say, you know, we can't just be and be Technology is always dependent on people, so and it's dependent on skilling. So I think the assumption cannot be tech is automatically good, but we need to make sure that when we give these tools to the world, that it comes with sustained investment in education, digital skilling, um, because only that way we can we can expect them to change sort of the social norms in a positive way. I think for all the young women um, entering the workforce, the, the, it's important to not be afraid, um, I think, but also to expect, that, expect there will be challenges. Uh, we don't live in an ideal world. I think the society still is, has a long way to go in terms of changing. I do 
think we've come a long way, but make sure that you're not afraid to speak up. Whether it's in meeting, whether it's when something happens, build your networks and um, ensure that you're able to sort of navigate this complex cultural environments uh, in your own way. But don't necessarily always try to break the ceiling immediately. Be patient is probably what I would say. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kaya. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm going to use the host's prerogative and share some advice that I would really like to give to my younger self. And if only we could invent those time machines. And it really relates to the observation that so many of the issues that we work on are systemic issues, whether we're talking about gender diversity and inclusion, whether we're talking about maturing the tech policy ecosystem or building and shaping a future in which people, technology and the planet thrive. All of this requires systemic change. And when you're looking at change at a systems level, it really takes passion and perseverance because we're not always successful the first time or the second time or the third time. And the piece of advice that I would really love to give my younger self is to not take that failure personally. Of course, we have to learn from it. We need to build on it. We need to take responsibility for it. But we should also recognize it as a systemic failure, not a personal failing. And I think if someone had have told me that 10 years ago, it really would have helped improve my resilience and help us to keep coming back to fight this good fight for change that we all believe in. And I also wanted to share two pieces of career advice that I have been given around the point when I was deciding whether or not to leave the public service. Um, and I really can't choose between these two pieces of advice because they were both very influential and ultimately put me on the path to joining the Australian National University and establishing the Tech Policy Design Centre. The advice came from two very senior public servants. One was a secretary of a department, the other was a head of agency. And the first piece was that there are more ways to serve the public than to be a public servant. And this resonates with me so much, particularly when I think about the mission of the Tech Policy Design Centre and the passion that drives both myself and my team. And the second piece of advice was be brave, be bold, and you will surprise yourself at how successful you are. And I really hope that this episode and all of the advice that has been shared by the extraordinary women that we've interviewed encourages you, our listeners, to be brave, to do something extraordinary, and that you too are surprised by your success or at least have a great time along the path and the journey. I wanted to wrap up this episode by talking very briefly about the excellent work of UN Women. They run vital programs that provide women and girls with access to technology, that empower them to obtain education, become leaders in their community and build a brighter, more equal future for us all. Here's the thing though, UN Women relies on voluntary contributions. So if you are in a position to do so, I encourage you to make a donation to them and we'll include a link in our pod notes. Thanks everyone, happy International Women's Day. And as always, get in touch and get involved. 
Tech Mirror is a podcast of the Tech Policy Design Centre at the Australian National University. Post-production is by Martin Franklin from East Coast Studio. Thanks for listening. Get in touch and get involved. Thank you.